0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Join me today. She's a CFO advisor, career strategist, coach, author, entrepreneur, and podcast host. It's Cece Long. How are you doing today, Cece?
1: I am great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests first is go right to the meeting. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up.
1: Oh my God. How much time do we have? (laughs) So, well, let's start from um, where I came from. So I was born and raised in Hong Kong. And um, I came from a very humble middle class, middle working class family. Uh, My dad was a teacher. My mom was a nurse. And, you know, Hong Kong at the time was not part of China. So it was very different from today. Uh, it It was a colony under British governance. So the way we grew up was, I mean, at home. Like, I mean, we're very westernized, but still, at home, um, you we still grew up with a very strong Asian culture. So you know, like, and that culture value, like the value, the culture, the expectation. I mean, is still instilled in us, mm-hmm. at, you know, at a very early age. So hard. So we were very disciplined, and you know, our days were packed with just schedule was jam-packed you know we go to school and then after that we go to swimming practice piano and all that different things so I mean in a way it's very good because it's very disciplined but in that environment it doesn't cultivate a lot of creativity innovation or leadership right part of it comes from our our value and cultural expectations that you know What we're taught is to just work harder than everybody else. Um, Make sure you uh, listen to your parents and your teachers, elderlies, right? Respect them. And really, for the most part, don't have a lot of opinions, right? Otherwise, you're a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, um, so that's kind of that So so, so I think that part really uh, has a lot of big influence of how uh, I grew up and all that. So I moved to Canada when I was 16 years old. Actually, the entire family moved uh, because of all the uncertainties um, uh, in, in Hong Kong with China. So I graduate with a business degree in finance and economics and also a CPA from University of Toronto. And frankly, I was freaking out when I graduated, just didn't really know what to do. I mean, I knew perfectly what I should do to make my family, my parents proud, Mm -hmm. right? Was a success script for us, really. Um, But I didn't really know that was exactly what I wanted to do. So, I mean, I, well, without knowing exactly what I wanted to do, I just kind of roll with it. Uh, But meanwhile, I knew what I need to do is to build skills and obviously make money before i could figure out exactly kind of what i really wanted to do i mean back in the days we don't use those words like what you're passionate about you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i just didn't i just didn't really have any goals just didn't really have these fancy big goals like most people might have mm-hmm.
0: but,
1: and but i realized if i kept on focus on building skills it would make me money and hey i'll figure it out then yep so for the first few years of my career, I just kind of rolling with different opportunities that came my way. And I think it was until I moved to New York uh, in 2006, then I found, finally found my thing. Like, obviously, it's not instant. It took a while. When I first moved there, I had such a cultural shock. And I just didn't, you know, but, but it's it's also, you know, when people went to New York, it's they, they just wanted to try their luck. It's not permanent at the time they get there right Mm -hmm. most people stay most people go to new york they stay for a couple years see how it turns out most of them leave because of mm, a lot of things it's a very fast-paced environment and people are like crazy it was fun right but then uh, first of all it's also very expensive and ultimately people kind of just get sick of that but some people continue to get fueled by that energy um my point is that when I first got there, like, I, I had such a cultural shock, though. And it, it didn't, I, I mean, even though I, I was from big cities, I was more in Hong Kong, you know, like Canada I was pretty big, too, in Toronto. And but I, yeah, I, and I think it took me a while, but I, I really liked it because there are all these different people came from everywhere. So it was exciting to me. And I started to. By my path and like the different job opportunities. So over the past two decades, I've worked for um, uh, big firms like J.P. Morgan, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Groupers, Ernst and Young, and then also worked for midsize and you know the startup companies. And I currently uh, run my own advisory firm, which I help growing business to really set up their accounting and finance infrastructure, uh, just so they can continue to grow and find their next opportunities. Because as we all know, if anybody wants Shark Tank, yes. uh, <laughs> we know how important the numbers are, right? Otherwise you will not get funding. But that's really just, that's really just one aspect of it because like number does tell a story.
0: Mm-hmm. and it's so
1: important to tell that part of the story. But unfortunately, a lot of people, well, it's not unfortunately, but it is actually, you know, they focus on what they do best is to get their products out there, right? Super important. But at the same time, you need the strong infrastructure in place. Otherwise, you can't grow, right? If you have no process, no technology, you're just like, you know, you're just like all over the place. It's fine for a while, but you you can't ultimately when you have to expand and grow.
0: Going back to when you were living in Hong Kong, were you ever nervous about being, like, did you feel that you were growing up faster than a normal child because of the way Hong Kong was and how discipline was a huge thing in your family and in the culture that was there?
1: We were constantly in a competitive, stressful mold as a kid. I, did, I was doing really well, but I constantly felt very out of place. And mostly, and funny enough, and part of it is because I don't look like a typical Asian. And there's a certain look or expectation how you should dress, look, talk, everything, mm-hmm. right? But I just didn't quite fit in that mold. So, and I went to I went to a a, a Catholic girls' school, and there's so much drama there, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, oh, my God. So at a young age, you know, even putting in such g- supposedly great environment, supposed to nurture all these things, you know, we were set in a great path to succeed. I supposed to go to a good college, you know, then get that amazing job like on my path to who knows what like big four partner, maybe. Right. So but for the most part, being a kid at the time just felt very out of place and alone and but but still like from the service no one would ever know because I was doing so well right and then as Asians we don't talk about emotions or feelings mm-hmm. you just you just you just do it so I think these type of things kind of I would say suppress and and again from the service no one would know because we all look so successful
0: yeah yeah <laughs> When you went to like swimming, for example, and you were around other kids or other people, was that your mostly the time to be outgoing, talk to other people? Or did you still have those moments where you kind of had that childhood when you could have access to it?
1: Um, Explain more. What do you mean by that?
0: So you talk about like the discipline and how you didn't have like a normal childhood. Like, I, like here and where I am, like I would have had. But the difference is when you were able to be around those, did you kind of be able to open up and be able to speak your mind and talk to people instead of when you're at home, you have to be careful on what you say because you had to respect elderlies and your parents and things like that.
1: Yeah, when I think back when I was young, I was definitely very mindful about what I say and how I talk and you know how I present myself. Because every move is being, I don't, I was going to say every move is being judged. I don't know if judge is the word, probably, but actually, yes. Because, you know, if you um, talk too loud, then mm-hmm. you're not too, like, you, you, you know, you're supposed to be like girly, you know, you're supposed to be humble, you know, this, all these, like, I mean, talking, obviously, a lot of parents tell their kids to stay out of the trouble. Right. But I think the difference here is it's almost like, you know, for us, humble is a virtue. Mm -hmm. So you don't brag. Right. So 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 that's why you you just don't. It it turns out, you know, later on, how it transcends into uh, corporate life is that you just you do a lot of amazing things, but you don't even want to take credit because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And in some ways, from other people, which some of my bosses in my early age told me that you just, with regard, like this, regardless of all these different amazing achievements that you have, you don't look confident. You don't present yourself as confident. And of course, when people first told me, like, first few seconds, you're like, what do you mean by that? Right? You got a little offended. But then later on, you really think about it that they, they really have a point it's a way how we talk about uh, ourselves our achievement and all the other stuff it, it we just don't seem to take pride in all these great things that we do
0: you kind of make a great point that when I when you were explaining it kind of think to my head it's like some people will say like the things that they accomplishments but did they actually when you actually go into what they're saying they really didn't they're kind of overselling themselves or being too confident and maybe they're insecure in a way they kind of want to come off as this person that has it all has it but they really you don't really know what's really going on and i think the way that you were brought up i think it's very important because those the accomplishments should be a a inner proud moment for yourself and it's okay to share it but you shouldn't have to over brag about it in a way it should be kind of like a a share and tell kind of situation. It's kind of I'm trying to think of. I have it in my mind what I'm trying to explain it like, but it just does not want to come at all. But I think it, it's it's a right point because I think when you're looking back at it, you kind of you don't think about it in the moment, but as you're looking back and reviewing, you're like, okay, I see why it happened.
1: Yeah, and I think it. You know, we like a lot of these words these days is overused, but I think it's exactly when people say authenticity, right? Being real, because mm-hmm. it comes from within how much and how little are you really, truly proud of yourself, who you are, right? First of all, embrace it, then be proud of it and be confident to be able to present to other people. And I think people genu- genuinely be able to sense it, Right. Like unless well, actually, I was gonna say, unless you're a very good actor or actress, <laughs> but still, I think people know you know they can sense they can sense how genuine you are,
0: oh, I definitely agree, and now I feel with social media and like the way we see people now, you can tell, oh, that's fake, oh, they're not being real. It's kind of just the way that they speak and the confidence they speak is how, like you said, they could be an actor and lie and say that they've achieved so much. But you kind of just start digging in and you're like, okay, now the wheels are turning and the cracks are falling. So mm-hmm. why did your family move to Toronto out of all places? What what was kind of the key moment that was like, we want to go there?
1: and Based on what I know, I think they've considered all places in the world. Uh, I think the popular destination or for, for for us to move back then, obviously, first choice is uh, to the UK. Uh, so we're actually citizens there as well. Um, and then but Canada, we have relatives there. Um, so it's supposed to be it's supposed to make our life easier, because um, when you think about the whole immigrant things, you wanted to go there to have some, you know, to have some support. And also have people and just so you feel like you belong in a Mm -hmm. foreign place, you know? So that's kind of, I think that's ultimately how the decision came about. You know, we have several relatives there, so move there.
0: Did you keep the same structure with the family and everything when you moved to Canada? Or was things being relaxed a little bit more because you didn't have that government and all that going on? It
1: was... I think how I was as a person is really formed. Meaning, it's very disciplined, even without me knowing it. Like this, it's, it's kind of like you know my job as an accountant. Like I look at my, I I have all these alerts set up with my credit card. I look at my bank statement, and credit card, like a couple times a day, and I think that is normal, right? Mm-hmm. When I find out from my clients like what they like, never they like, don't even know what they're spending and all that. I'm like, how on like how on earth could people do that? How <laughs> life and business right so my my point is so to me it's very normal I think I was already formed like I have a certain sense of discipline what I need to do daily what I need to do on the weekend after school and all that so um for the most part pretty much the same but yeah to to your point I think it was it was less stressful oh my god well it was stressful in a different way but it's actually not stressful it was just so my point is it wasn't as stressful when it comes to school, but it was stressful in terms of adapting to a new environment. Um, just because, I mean, I was still a teenager. I was constantly scared, afraid of when I open my mouth and speak English, people would judge me. I mean, I still, I, I, I mean, we, we took English in Hong Kong as a second language. people here you know learn spanish and all that so i mean i still spoke like i I spoke english but it was nothing like this right like it was probably oh god like it was super embarrassing like it was broken english i probably paused every two seconds and think and then you look at the person are they frowning right i used to get so scared when people not hearing me properly Mm. Mostly because I speak really soft. I had zero confidence. Like, I just like, you know, hopefully they can get, you know, just to, to speak the word and hopefully they can guess what I was saying. Right. And of course, when they didn't hear you, they frowned. And instantly I was like, oh my God, I was so scared. Instantly, I just like kind of, you know, pull back a little bit. I actually have to intentionally and mentally practice, you know, had the had key it in my mind that when people frown, take a two-second pause, don't be afraid, smile, then talk again, you know, I literally have to practice that at home, so yeah, that was, that transition was, was stressful, I would say, it's like, you know, it's been so long, now I had to really think about it, but yeah, that transition wasn't easy, but I think it spoke to, spoke uh, for a lot of immigrants as well, because, you know, people don't think about it, and I certainly didn't really, think about it most of the time you just roll with things right but when you think about how immigrants when they first move to a complete new country new environment and i'm i'm sure we all go through that too right when you switch to a new job new i don't know new company and all that you're constantly adapting it wasn't it it, right like we just kind of roll with it and you know especially when you, I, I really like what you guys talk about, you know, rise to challenge. People don't think about it. It's a lot. It takes a lot of courage. My God, you know, like it, it, it's not easy. And, but most of the time, like for example, in corp, like in, in a corporate environment, you know, whenever you get promoted, they just throw you into fire. And most of the time they don't give you proper training because, hey, congratulations, you're now promoted. And so, show us what you can do. And people, I am actually speaking for myself. So I was struggling when, I, when the very first time I got promoted to to a leadership position, and most of the time people just want. I don't think they test me intentionally, but they put you in this project which is so hard to do, right? Giving you zero guidance. So. I struggle a little bit. Of course, you didn't tell anybody because you didn't want people to think, oh my God, you're not up for the job. You're not up for the challenge. But so you struggle and then you still get it done. But today I encourage people to, it, it actually takes a lot of courage to admit that you actually need help. Like obviously not just like, oh yeah, I need help, cannot do it, right? But obviously after you really search for all the resources in the world and you really need help, sometimes you might, ask people that you trust. It might just be like a one line thing to open up your mind and makes everything so much easier.
0: I think adaptability is the thing that that word is being used so much in the last couple of years, because we're all been adapting to the new lifestyle, the new way to work and stuff. And like, I think you hit it right on the point, moving from a country to, to a different country, the biggest thing is first impression that you don't want to make a bad first impressions. And then that's always in your mind when you're going to a new school or moving to a new job. I think that is one thing that if people were able to kind of go in, just feel like you're brand new. So they're, they're as nervous for a new person as you're nervous coming in that you would be able to work together and, I have experienced that with a new promotion or something. They kind of throw you in there and you they see, can you do it? Or how do you handle a situation if you don't know anything about it? But I always use that as it's a learning opportunity for me. I have always had that trouble where to admit that I need help because I'm like, I will do it. I will find a way to get it done. But I've learned to ask because it shows my boss, my manager that I'm willing to learn and I want to become better. As you're getting older, when you're heading into college, you talked about the different degrees that you had. Was that always the goal? Or were you ever trying to find something different because you found a different passion, a different skill that you enjoyed?
1: I didn't really think, like, I think for the longest time, I really didn't have big goals. And I said that because I know some of my friends when they were really young, it's like, I want to grow up to become a doctor. Right. I want to grow up, become an astronaut, like all that big stuff. Right. I never really had that. I mean, I did remember. Um, when I was young, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher because I thoroughly loved kindergarten. Oh my God. I was so happy every day, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and I could play piano. may, might as well be a music teacher, right. Stay in that happy place forever mm-hmm. um, it was one of the things that crossed my mind. Um, and i didn't realize i actually really enjoy writing i wrote a lot uh, of journal uh, or blog um, in the past but i never really thought about it because i think maybe i have thought about it but then people told me you know if you want to be a writer like everything is kind of have a path that it's supposed to follow right if you want to be a writer you're supposed to focus on it ever since you were like maybe five years old or something right um. So that that was that that goal that that dream was slashed. So, <laughs> so I mean, but I did know that bef- even without knowing what I'm heading, you know, I would need to build skills and knowledge, and that's going to make me money, and that's important f- for me because you know that way I feel a little bit more secure uh, before I go. You know, find my dreams. Actually, I never really thought about finding my dreams like we don't talk in those terms we don't think like that you know we just want a stable life you know I was I I was I was chasing after a very clear path I need to you know make it into corporate because that would give me a professional life so back to kind of our cultural expectation so what part of what success mean is either you own your business or your professionals so so that become an accountant and so check the box and you know but I, so, so I think, yeah, for the longest time, I didn't have any goals, I ultimately just wanted to uh, fit in to the corporate and didn't even think about I would become a leader. You know, I just kept on thinking, yeah, I'll work really hard, harder than everybody else. And, and I wasn't very vocal when I first started in my career. And in my 20s, I think I was still very insecure about who I was. And I think for most people too, you know, we're still kind of trying to find our place, our voice. So, and I never thought about, you know, oh, being a partner someday. But it was, it was, uh, if I was lucky, then yeah, maybe it just happened naturally. But it wasn't really just like one of the big goals. And let's be honest, I wasn't very excited about it either.
0: <laughs>
1: so, but again, so I came on, but but I think later on I realized. So I think in my 20s, I focused heavily in technical skills, make sure I work a lot. I was able to do a couple people's job. You know, my work is good and that should be enough. But later on, you know, I remember one time I didn't get promoted, something that I worked really hard for and I was devastated. And I was just, you know, and at the time people were like, well, you know, you're in New York, right? Like you're Asian, you're female, like, you know, giving me all this they you know it's very hard to promote get promoted in that environment and then of course i mean deep so so i think people said it with good intention because they want to make me feel better but it did not make me feel better because i felt like you know i believe like i partially accept the fact that it could be true um but i also believe that there will be this one person or you know bosses or you know someone who ultimately see me for who I really am and, you know, and, and value my work. So, you know, if I don't fit in here, I'll find that place that I truly belong. So I think it was, it was until I was in my thirties, I realized, you know, technical skills alone is not going to get you to rise in a leadership position. Really, you have to really nurture about other life essential skills, you know, kind of like communication, networking, like, you know, emotional intelligence. So, and yeah, that's when I, I I think that's in my thirties, I finally found myself or to really truly develop myself and be a little bit more confident about who I am.
0: Do you feel if you were able to work on personal development earlier in your career, do you think the outcome of how your path has been to where you are now would have been any different? Or do you feel that the path you've been on was the path for a reason?
1: I think two things, right? So I think I would, people often ask me the questions about what would you do differently if you know what you know? You know, if you mm-hmm. knew today, and the thing is, I don't think I would do anything differently because it's very hard. Like I would never, even if I know, if I knew what I know today, I might not understand it. It takes a certain person, and I'm thinking about my mentors, you know, who who were able to frame things differently for me from me at the time as a young person to be able to understand it. Because you know these that's why I worry about young people sometimes today. You know, you have all these terms, big words thrown around authenticity, oh my God, you know, find your passion. So confusing. Like what (laughs) you know, if someone told me that when I was in my 20s, I'll be like, okay, yeah, thanks. Like what what does that even mean? Like how do I do that? Right. I'll give you an example. So back then when I was in my 20s, I remember people were like, yeah, you're too quiet. You need to speak up. You know, see all these people who are more vocal. Those are the ones who get promoted. And I was like, okay, like, okay, I can talk. Like, what do you want me to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like be vocal about what, right? But later on in my 30s, like I said, I started to really got out of my comfort zone, seek mentors, go to networking events, right? But by purely doing that, it's not doing much you know, we wanted to frame it to young people that, you know, why communication skills is important because as you rise up in the leadership position, it's important for you to communicate to people, right? How you say something is so important, like how you communicate your vision or message like strongly to the way that people understand what you're saying is so important. That is why people who are more vocal got promoted because they are, they have these skills. Right. And then also, you know, people are like, yeah, go network. So of course, like, okay, yeah, let's go to all these million networking events. Right. But they, they're like, yeah, build your network. You never really understand. Well, I didn't understand why, you know, I wasn't looking for a job. Like, why do I go to networking events? Right. But of course, no one explained to us that, yeah, you want to build your network, not for just for looking for a job. Right. Mm-hmm help people you can help them they can help you you never know this is like building real relationships building sustainable relationships not just business personal and you know it helps you just so you don't feel so alone all the time feel like you're fighting the world you don't have to fight the world alone
0: I think it's so true networking in my my life has played a huge part and I use networking as to learn and grow as an individual Because when I'm hearing the stories of people on LinkedIn and the posts that they do, if I'm able to take something that they post or like even a motivational quote and utilize it that day, to me, I'm growing and I'm learning. And a lot of people think, oh, you're connecting because you want a new job. I'm taking the path that it's taking me right now. You never know what can happen, but you never know who you'll meet and what it could happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And like, for us, we met through a mutual person, but it may not happen if that person reached out to me and it's going to help us because we're going to learn so much about each other, but we're going to continue to grow because we have that knowledge of us talking. And I think communication, uh, that's a huge thing nowadays. And I feel that the students now aren't really taking advantage of it because you talked about the rise of a leader. In your role as a CFO advisor, what's the challenging thing communication has been for you?
1: Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, um so as a CFO advisor, we're independent um, kind of outsider coming into a corporation, trying to uh, solve a problem for them. Unfortunately, a lot of people, so, and I, I don't just deal with executives. Yeah, you deal with executives to set the vision, mm. but I ultimately need to talk to the people who do the work, who do the everyday heavy lifting to get the information that I need. And it's super, is super challenging to, for, well, first of all, it's super challenging to build relationship with them to begin with. First of all, they're super busy. Now you're coming in and want, want them to do more work for you and make yeah. changes. People resist to change. Like right away, you know, things are fine right now. We're fine. What are you doing here, right? Um, So it's almost like at first, first thing first, it's already a challenge to build relationship with people and it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And second is for them to be able to understand the big vision, which most CEO or executive in the company don't explain to their people. That, you know, don't let them see the big picture. So there, all of a sudden, you're asking them all this qu- question. They 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 couldn't even connect. It's like what what's going on? Like are we gonna some some of them got worried too, right? Like are you gonna like am I am I gonna get fired? Like yeah. like a restructuring? Like there's no explanation. Like people all of a sudden live in fear. And sometimes, as crazy as it sounds, some executives want them to live in fear because then they work a little bit harder. That's crazy, right? So yeah.
0: How do you make those individuals feel comfortable with the changes that you are making without m- making them feel overwhelmed or that they're going to lose their job in a way?
1: Yeah, no, I tell, them, um, I tell them the big picture view. Like, why are we doing the way, you know, I'm not asking for them because I have nothing better to do. Like, clearly I tell them, you know, for example, if we're evaluating a system change, uh, you know, to evaluate a, a system upgrade for whatever they're doing, so I was like, yeah, it's because, you know, the company has this big vision about merging uh, or buying a, a new company. It's going to be so great for everybody. Then usually the next question is like, oh, my God, do we still get, get to keep our job, right? Everybody's worried about their job. I mean, obviously, if the company is growing, well, that's a different story. Even I cannot guarantee, right? But yeah. uh, I mean, at, at that point, well, so so you can only tell them, you know what you what I know at the time because no one knows like who knows these these things you know happen and fall through all the time yeah you 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 have a you you know you can't foresee what happened in five years or a couple years so you kind of tell them whatever I I know at the time and hopefully they they see the same thing as uh, was what's going on but I usually don't really get into too much detail into the company vision because it's really not my place to tell them but I do tell them as an individual kind of their work matters it's Mm -hmm. super also their skills let's say if I'm talking to an accountant or finance person who's providing me all that stuff I really try to get to know them as a person so I ask them yeah like how long have you worked there what's your skill set then you know the conversations about them. I forget about a company. You know, you do work, but ultimately it's about you. So I I, I ask about you know their career path, their career option. It's almost like kind of like putting my putting my coaching head in, right? And then I tell them, hey, you know, with this experience, with ten years experience doing this work, there's like ten other options. Have you thought about it? And then of course they get excited about, oh, really? Like you know, no, this is like you know my second job ever. Um, then the conversation become. So much more interesting. It's less about oh my God, the stressed anymore. Like it's about them. So yeah, so that's kind of how I built relationship with people and I found it so so fun actually. You know, like who wants to talk about a company, my God? Like of course that's my job. <laughs> you, you know, but no, it's if you if you wanted to build relationship with people, that that's kind of one way to do it, I think.
0: Is that what made you want to start your career strategist coaching business, or was that already happening at the same time?
1: Yeah, no, I never thought about. So the career strategist and coach is really tailored towards young people. And I mean, m- my whole life I've been doing accounting and finance, you know, working a corporation startup and all that is, that's my job. And so CFO advisor is my, is, is, is my thing, is my expertise, right? So never really thought about um, doing anything else, but I did do um, a lot of mentoring and coaching on the side. And part of it, like, it, there's a big, it, a lot of things I felt like I just did and never really thought about it. So mentoring is very important to me as a mentor and a mentee. And I, told, I share that story many times because I was also an immigrant. And when I was in college, um, when I was in college, I volunteered as a receptionist in a community, a community center in Chinatown. So keep in mind that this mentor concept is not big in our culture, you know, mm-hmm. there's such a thing, you know, you, they, they, you know, so I never really know what that even means. But until, you know, I remember uh, I, would, yeah, I would talk about this volunteer at a, as a receptionist. So I often see underprivileged and immigrant kids and families in and out, and I start talking to them. And of course, I could relate all the challenges. And so one day, this uh, 14-year-old kid came to talk to me and asked me, it's like, CeCe, can you teach me how you get into university? And I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, do you need a tutor? Uh, Or do you want to, do you need a career counselor? Right, you're like 14. And then he's like, no, no, like you told us so much about like you, your experience being an immigrant kind of navigate through all these different things like i wanted to know how you did it all so basically a conversation got into like because in asian culture we know that get being being educated education is going to get you out of poverty. Mm -hmm. this kid 14 years old like he came from a very harsh background also so to him he almost felt that he he just was not only clueless but very insecure. So and then so I and, and then I said so and then I, and then he said yeah. Can you show me how you did all all everything that you did right? Uh, and I'm I'm like yeah okay. So I finally get it. I'm like yeah of course. Like ask me anything. Talk to me anytime. And so ever since then we we would meet for coffee. He would come to me with questions. And so I I didn't think anything of that right. So eventually probably after. Almost a decade later, um, he graduated He graduated, and he sent me a note and he said, um, thank you very much for mentoring me all these years. When I first came to this country, I thought my life wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I, like it's got a little emotional every time I think of it. So he said, yeah, he said, you made me see that I could become something more. And, I, and then I realized, and every time I thought about it, it was really emotional. And all of a sudden, it made me realize many years ago, and still, so many young kids today, you know, at that age, it's so, it's, I don't know if the word is fragile. Kind of is, especially if you're an immigrant, you felt like you came to a new country First of all, not the language barrier is huge. You can't even ask yourself, like how, what else can you do? You know? So, I, so that's kind of, so that, that's why I deeply care about helping underprivileged kids specifically because I don't think they get a lot of guidance that they need. And so that, that's, that's why I, that's kind of how I eventually wrote the book because the, the, the book is really about mentoring it features 20 stories from the leaders, how they, you know, their entire career journey. I want them to be able to see that it's possible for them as well.
0: It's almost like with that kid, you he was looking for something that changes spirits in a way. And the mentorship that you had with him gave him that confidence and gave him the opportunity to make a difference and he looks back at this time and he appreciates all the work that you gave for him. And it almost probably will make him want to do the same and help other people. It's kind of like a good positive domino effect because that small little help that you gave changed a huge part of his life. And he feels that he can go accomplish anything if he puts his mind to it now.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And that's so encouraged to see as well. Like, you know, the one, part, one of the things is that, you know, like these days we talk about mentorship as if something is so grand, you know, you need to go out there, get a mentor after that, your life should, you know, that you should be, you will be successful if you get a mentor and all that. But it's not that, it's not that complicated. Like mm-hmm. it's, when I was doing it, it's really just conversations. Like as long yeah. as you have the heart to really help other people, it was, you know, it's, it's that easy. And that's why I encourage people to do it, you know, to mentor people, because you never know who, whose life you have a huge impact on, right? And again, like you said, they do pay it forward to help other people.
0: Definitely. When you're writing the book, what is the biggest mission a reader should get out of reading it? What's that tagline headline that they should get out of it?
1: Wow. Um, so many, let me think about
0: it. <laughs> you can name a few if that if it's easier.
1: <laughs> well, the book is called Dear Accountant, but really, you know, just because I'm an accountant, I have to tailor towards my people, but really it's for anybody who wants to navigate their career journey. And I think part of it, I, I mentioned mentorship so important because you cannot succeed alone, right? Sometimes you might I think something yeah now I remember like what we were talking about earlier about you know sometimes people ask me like what you would do differently and then I, I said something like you know I don't think I would do anything differently however I do think that I would feel differently about many things and that is super important right instead of yeah. feeling alone defeated hopeless I knew that hey you know obstacles or even failure was just part of life it's okay it doesn't define me and and you know I even though I didn't get promoted I still have you know there might be there still be other options out there that's just this stage of my life but I didn't know that at the time I felt defeated for a while and I was so angry for a while so my point is you know knowing what I know today and would def- yeah would definitely change how I feel and it was su- it, it would be super important. So the tagline, let me think for a second, again, my book, I think, yeah, my book is that I wanted to tell people that it w- doesn't matter, you might go through a lot of struggles at different parts or different stage of your life, but this if you don't give up, if you just keep pushing forward, you will still succeed. At the end of the day, it's you as the person that that matters like i mean obviously whether you success in your field or in life it a million other things have to happen you know like the the world what 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 economy are we we living under right and then whether we meet a certain person who support us opportunities and all these different things but i think one of the things i encourage young people to do is to really build skills build themselves really you know technical skills and all the life essential skills kind of like what we mentioned before because that's ultimately all part of you right we talk about leadership a lot leadership but leadership comes in many forms so we're we you know it's uh, first and foremost the most important one is leadership of self right Mm -hmm. how you manage yourself especially like you would know like when you have to be an entrepreneur run your business basically you're managing yourself yep like how do you how how do you do that like how do you like you have to manage yourself before you can even manage other people so that part of it is very important then we're talking about leadership in the workplace and the community and all the other stuff so i think Um, did I answer, have I answered your question about the the most important takeaway?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You did because you, you talked about the biggest, the personal, personal development in a way. And I think leadership is so key because I see posts all the time that a leadership is not always a title. It always can come in many different forms. Like you talked about a leader can be someone that's in the group with other similar job titles but they kind of break out and have that moment because they're able to be that voice be that leader without given that title and i always view that as if i can be a leader to anybody without being a manager i feel like i'm accomplishing something because i see the value of what i can bring to a table and i think the biggest thing that students is group projects it's like, who's going to take control over it? Who's going to be that leader? And it's usually one person that steps up and it's kind of an opportunity to showcase, can you delegate? And being an entrepreneur, you show that how do you handle stressful situations? Are you able to be composed? Do you crack under pressure? Because if you're able to get through that, when you start having staff and they're stressing out, you're able to deal with that situation. And it just shows that everything connects with each other.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think I remember you asked me earlier about like the whole career coaching. I think a lot of things, like I said, all my life, I didn't really have specific goals, but things just happen. Just, it just the opportunity just, I wouldn't say came to me, but because I focused on just building experience, building skills, it, it just happened. And I think that's just how it was. And I remember for the longest time, you know, like people asked me if I would consider coaching them, usually the ones, you know, who don't get a lot of guidance at work because they wanted to, you know, like sometimes even big firm or small firm, they're the only per- they, they they have bigger goals. They're ambitious. They wanted to, you know, think, know their, what their path looked like. Sometimes you, you don't get these advice and all that from where you work. So it's almost like, you know, you wanted to play tennis and you wanted to advance to the next level, then you get a coach. Oh. So people came to me It's like, yeah, would you kind of, you know, teach me and uh, coach me in, in my career? And then, of course, I resisted for a very long time. It's like, yeah, I think you need a real career coach who have like five certifications and, you know, <laughs> right. And then finally, I finally, I felt like, no, I I could be that, too. You know, I can share my experience. I've done it a million times. I've navigated my career journey, like, you know, gone through enough mistakes. And, you know, I really guide these kids, really coach these kids. So that's kind of how it all came about to become part of what I do now.
0: Let me ask this. You Mm -hmm. Throughout the interview, you've talked about you never had a career goal or you never said to yourself, This is what I want to achieve. But as you're talking, I can kind of figure out you did kind of have career goals in a way. You just, it wasn't present at the time. When you're working with a client or with the business as a CFO advisor, is the goal to be able to accomplish what they're asking you, their help needs are? So, like, the, the kid that came to you said, well, how did you get to university? Was that always in your mind on, I'm going to teach him and utilize the skills that I've done or I have learned to help him get to that goal. And when he was able to accomplish it, it kind of was that career goal checked off because you did what he asked for your help in.
1: That was so funny, right? Like I fun. I know it's an interesting question because I don't, So in my mind, I, I I might sound like a parent, like, but I always wanted to do what's best for the kid. Mm, Yes. The client doesn't matter what they ask me. I know what's best for them. Um, Right. Like consider I've gone through, you know, like ask me what's best for a company and all that. Usually the, the, you know, these are the CEO who are so good at their job, but have zero training in accounting and finance. So I, I can proudly say I know what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And same for this kid. He was like 14 years old. I was probably 21 at that time. So I knew what was best for him, not just get into university, but the process of it, right? Um, so the discipline of practicing English every day, I think that's important. For him so I told him to do which is what I continue I volunteer a lot to teach uh, English like Im- immigrants and uh, kids English and n- nothing that I teach is anything fancy I just ask them to repeat the same word practice their smile you know to say it like maybe a hundred times let it stick in your mind right because that and, and this is nothing about speaking English yes it's about speaking English but it's also about building their confidence just so when they find that, you know, so my point is, yeah, the kid asked me how, how to get into university, but that's not, that's not it. That's not, that seems like what they want, but it's really the process who they become is really the, the most important thing for this person to develop him as a person.
0: And it's almost like with any goals, it's the steps to finally get there. It's that process. So you're utilizing the same tools in a way. And it might, I might, I always think differently or thinking outside the box, but it almost sounded like, I'm like, she has the goal and what she wants to accomplish. It just is not like a, it's not like where we write out, I want to have this by five years from now and stuff like that. It's kind of like personal development goals in a way.
1: Yeah, I think people still ask me, you know, when I first, so um, I started my business early this year and really I've been running it uh, for a couple of years on the side as a high, side hustle, right? It's just this, like last year during during the pandemic, there's so many uncertainty came up and just kind of had enough of all these. And, and many, and my career has all these ups and downs, you know, especially when you think about the financial crisis and all that. I obviously got hit, probably many people too. And I just had this feeling, it's like, okay, how many times do I have to feel so out of control, right? Like, that's it. And then many people, like I said, never thought about being a leader, first of all, when I was younger. And then never, actually never in my entire life thought about I would run my own business. Side hustle was fun, right? Because you have your full-time job to pay the bills. Side hustle was then just fun, you know, extra money. And you just go talk to people, okay, right? And it took a lot of courage actually I thought about it for a long time still couldn't believe that I'm doing it now on my own because if that transition was I wouldn't say stressful it was just very different I had to change my mind like the mindset piece is it it, is very much I don't even know what the word is but it was the it was challenge it was tough it was you know everything uh, but but I got to say, it was also very fulfilling. One of the best, I've never, I felt that I was at the best place ever in my career right now, running my own business. So um, yeah, so what I was going to say earlier is that I never really identify a goal because people usually ask me like goal setting and all that. Oh my God, really? I mean, I want a successful business, but exactly what I wanted to do, I didn't know yet. Right. So for the first six months, so I just kept on trying different things. But I think finally, recently, I found my thing Mm -hmm. Um, just after trying a million things. Right. Because usually people come to me. A lot of our clients, like I was very, very fortunate. Like I got a lot of referral and I said yes to all of them. Right. Because I wouldn't know whether I like doing that particular job or, you know, Uh, I was like, okay, I didn't do taxes, but I took some of those jobs, too um (laughs) just to try it out hey it it might turn out to be one of the biggest money making and
0: that's true you never know nowadays
1: no and like you right you do one job this is project based you do one job doesn't mean you do it forever try it you hate it and never correct, yeah ever right so yeah so i i do i do think it's important and so that was good for me so and I always encourage people to try different things. Like people feel like if they don't have a goal or like a big goals then they're fa- like then they fail. Like that's it for their life, right? Because they have no purpose. Obviously, yeah, have a have a broad sense of what you want to achieve, but you don't have to narrow down one thing. Yeah, I have to be an engineer, Correct. you know. Yeah.
0: Well, the next question we usually ask all of our guests is, what does their future look like? And I know with goals, it, you don't have those, but it, it's definitely a great conversation piece to talk about. Because Pers- we talked about your work life, but we haven't really caught on to the personal life in, for you. Personally, what are you wanting to accomplish in the next few years in your future? Um, I
1: want me to continue to stay curious Um, you know I don't want to in any point in my life to just be like okay yeah I think I got got to where I am now I can just relax and enjoy life and not be curious or interested about anything else right so I think and, and honestly I don't think for the person that I am, I don't think I'll ever retire just because there's so many sure. interesting things to explore, right? So I think, um, and, and I hope that I'll always stay curious, stay interested, wanted to continue to help people. Doesn't matter, in, in different capacity, volunteer, coaching, or like, you know, and, and because I think all these things feel my life. Like, mm. it, it makes me happy. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm living for. Right. Obviously, I'm living for, for, for my life, for living my life. But part of what living my life is not just eat, sleep, and go on vacation. Oh, is that super important? My God, like, you know, don't get me wrong, super important. But aside from that, I think there's fulfillment that comes from, you know, helping young people, which is something I deeply care about. Because, yeah, it's something that I deeply care about. And also, as, as lame as it might sound, I really want this world to become a better place than where I started. And I think I've seen it, you know, like how I was young from today, you know, especially with technology, our life has gone so much better. And Mm. I want to continue to be that for our next generations of kids and everybody.
0: It's going to be crazy to see the next wave of technology. Like during my time, computers were becoming the big thing. So a lot of us, are like tech savvy in a way. And like my parents and grandparents were always calling me asking about technology stuff because grew up doing it. So that's like all we're known for, but it's gonna be crazy what the next wave is. The final question I'll ask you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge?
1: Wow. me think for a second
0: we asked the tough questions
1: oh my god yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i should prepare for this one i have like a million answers let me think for one let let me think for a good one um
0: you talked you talked earlier before we got on about the obstacles you did face and I think when you were explaining it, it's so empowering what you've gone through because it's showing people that no barrier, no obstacle is going to stop you. And as long as you keep your mind to it, you're going to be able to accomplish anything that you put your mind to it. And I loved when you were talking about that because it's it's so important nowadays with the, basic, the women empowerment movement, women are going to have that confidence. They're able to get out there. And I'll use it. For example, I work in an industry where women are running the big companies and I love seeing it because I'm learning something that uh, something new and any situation you're learning that and you're going to become better. And it's showing how this world is coming together and finding that voice for all those people that are working.
1: Yeah, no, that's such a great point. Thank you for that. Like so, but I think to add to that, right? So two things, because it, all of a sudden, um, like it, it clicked with me when you mentioned like women empowerment. That's like so important. One of the thing, or two things that I would, I would um, suggest to people is that, um, like I often, I often t- tell people to embrace who they are. Um, you know, own who you are. And there's more to just, you know, just, oh, yeah, you know, accept who I am and all that. But because, you know, we talk about leadership of self. Mm-hmm. So you have to accept yourself because for me, I remember when I first started in corporate, I was just as comfortable as taking a back seat. you know? I didn't want the spotlight. And that was okay for me, you know? I didn't want to be a leader. But I feel like, you know, in, in this instance, kind of, what you mentioned earlier about, you know, how do you get through challenge is that I want women to remind themselves that, you know, you have done it so many times. Like the challenge that you're facing right now, or actually not just women, like everybody, you know, the challenge anybody is facing at a certain moment. That's probably not your very first challenge. If you really pause for a moment, we have probably have gone through many challenges and overcome it. So just remember, you've done it a million times already before. You can probably get through it, or well, you will yeah. be able to get through it. Let's just say that. Yeah. So because sometimes you just you just keep we we roll with we roll along with things. We don't remember what we have done. And I'm saying specific to myself, right? People ask me how do you get to where you are today. I was like, I don't know. I just did, right? But no, no, no. When you actually, everybody, when they pause and think about all their experience, no, you have done amazing job in navigate through these challenges and will succeed. Right. So remember that. Like remember how tough you were and you will be able to get through what's ahead of you.
0: Well Cece, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people out there and we're excited to see what the future has for you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is fun.
0: Tune in next time you hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to get the full-length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide!